Welcome to Commission Impossible. I'm Scott Fish, and with me is Ryan McDowell. How's it going, man? It's going well. It's it's been a little bit. <laughs> it feels like we say that every time, right? Well, for it's, good reason. For good much. reason, I think. Uh, yeah, we were we were hoping once we got through the uh, through the regular season that all of our time would miraculously open up, and we would we would be able to record a couple times a week and. We forgot that the off season is our regular season, and that that <sighs> commissioner work is is never really done, especially when it's like you and you commission what Scott six hundred leagues, probably more than that, uh, eight hundred and twenty six, uh, eight hundred and twenty six leagues. Um, so yeah. yeah, things have been things have been even busier, I'd say, the past <laughs> month than they were maybe the previous month or two. That, that's adulthood, right? It's like, oh, I, I can't wait till next week when, when stuff lightens up and I have time to do some things. And that, that next week just never happens. It, never, light, it, light never, does. Yeah. it never does. Uh, so if you're new to the show, we've been, uh, Ryan and I have become known for our commissioning over the years, got together, started a podcast to help other commissioners out there. Uh, it's, they're pretty ev- evergreen. We get a ton of people telling us they binge watch them. They are binge listen to them. They, uh, they, you know, go back and listen to specific ones. Now that I'm writing descriptions that are pretty thorough and let you know what's in each episode. Um, what we do is go over listener questions, bad commission stories, interesting league ideas. People have sent us, we go over some of our ideas that have become very popular over the years. Um, and we answer a good chunk of the emails we get. I, I, I can't say every email anywhere. I can't even say nearly every email, but we, we answer, uh, uh, most of them. We do get a lot, Ryan, we get a lot of emails to the show, uh, at commishpod at gmail.com, uh, with people just sending their bylaws. Can you take a look at these? I mean, a lot of them. And I like and- that. I feel I feel like I should uh, share a bunch of those with you at some point. There, there's got to be there's just a bunch of them, and I feel bad for the people who have done that, and we just haven't responded back or, or mentioned them on the show. But uh, maybe maybe we'll have a whole show discussing some of the interesting things in in some of the bylaws people have sent us. Um, maybe that's down the pipeline. Uh, but now let's get on to this show, uh, Ryan. First thing I want to mention. Have you ever used a hundred yard rush.com? I have not actually. It's like the number 100 and then it's yardrush.com. I'm typing okay. into as I go. That thing is fun to do. Like, if you're looking for a way to randomize your draft order or randomize anything, that thing's just hilariously fun. It has like football players. Go across the screen. You can have like is whatever amount of people do six, eight, ten, whatever, and they run a hundred yards. And there's like a graphic <laughs> of them doing it, and you can you can send the results to like your league mates so they know it was random, etc. Uh, but it's it's hella fun, and uh, I like put I like doing it and putting it on the slowest setting so that like it adds the suspense. If you're like we did it at work for something I can't remember, but it's it's pretty hilarious. But I just wanted to shout that out that I I enjoy that so much. Just not for not just for draft orders for fantasy leagues, but just for you know if you need to randomize anything, it's pretty hilarious and awesome. Um, and, and sometimes it's fun just to do with your kids, like have Ian be a guy and Mac be a guy and me be a guy and have them race. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there. If you're looking for interesting ways to do your draft order, that's kind of a fun thing. 
It sounds like something my uh, my third graders would like. I might have to check that out with my students. You should. You should. It's. I. I bet you could find a lot of uses for it. The, the, there. I don't know who runs it. It's a completely free site. I'm. It's, we're not paid to say anything about that. It's just. Uh, a, I thought we had a. I thought we had some advertising. For no. 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 I just. Uh, <laughs> I used it the other day for something. I'm like, man, I should mention this on the show because it's so much fun for me. Um. We also get a lot of uh, requests for templates for our rookie money auction numbers. Uh, I do have that. I believe if you go to scottfishbowl.com backslash rookie money, uh, it'll show what both Ryan and I use. Just uh, just to throw that out there because we do get that in our email inbox a lot. Okay. I, I feel like I've done a lot of talking, but Ryan, I've got one more thing. So on Twitter, uh, a guy, uh, Matt Albright, on Twitter, uh, had a tweet. I, I didn't even tell him I was going to use this, but uh, he said, so I've thought a payout that's decided by the score of the championship game would be fun. So instead of like, you know, all leagues have this first and second split, right? Um, I think what he's suggesting is say there's $500 total. So it's supposed to be like 350 and 150 to first and second. You just take that $500 total and you, you split it based on the score of the championship game. Gives you a little more rooting interest in, in that weekend. What do you think of that? So I'll, if you get blown out, the, the number one team gets a ton of money. If it's a, like a really, really close game, you guys get basically a 50-50 split. I mean, it does make sense in that um, in that you want to reco- reward the best team. And if the best team is winning by an even wider margin, you would potentially want them to see a greater reward. Uh, right. I, I like the idea. I, I Probably not something I'm going to implement, but yeah. <laughs> as we've said so many times on here, anytime you can take kind of a basic rule or setting and and add a little twist to it, uh, even if it's just for fun. Um, and when when you're talking about money, it's not just for fun, but even <laughs> if it's even if it's just for the sake of having something unique, I, I like I like the idea. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I'm the same way. I just I don't think I'll implement it. But man, is it really interesting to me? And I, I'm sure there are probably commissioners out there listening to this going, hey, that's not bad. Like if, if one team scores double the points of the other, maybe they should get double the money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's uh, I do. I do like that. Or maybe, you know, the winner gets 100 and then you split the rest based on the score. I don't know. Just thought it was an interesting take and or interesting thought. And I wanted to throw it on the show in case the commissioner was interested. Ryan, do you want to let's get into some emails? Do you want to read the first one? I feel like I've been talking for 10 minutes. Yes, you have you, you've dominated the show. I need to shut up. I'm getting tired of it. It's, yes, it's like that speech I watched you give at, at Las <laughs> Vegas. You just own the stakes on, uh, on that, by the way. We should. Should definitely mention that. I'm going to let you say exactly what the award was because I'll probably botch it. But I, uh, sure. I won the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Industries uh, or Associations uh, Humanitarian of the Year. Uh, basically, I accepted it on behalf of the fantasy industry and the fantasy community who who made this such a great year for so many kids out there um, due to fantasy cares. Uh, just just an awesome job by all the people. That I mean that that award wouldn't have been presented to me if it was not because of everyone. Um, and yeah, that speech I didn't know I was going to be asked to speak. <laughs> I I don't know how many people could tell. A lot of people told me afterwards it was really good. It was but, really good. But I yeah, it. I was uh, I I was actually if you watch the video, I'm walking off stage and I get stopped. 
<laughs> to turn around and and take the mic. So I did not know that was going to happen. Um, no, I, I loved it, and I also loved that Jason uh, Jason Moore from the footballers basically said, we won this last year. We were ashamed that we won it. But, uh, those, those guys are great and, and very, are awesome. very humble. Just, uh, just like you are. So they're uh, wonderful. Congrats. We'll move on. I, um, yeah. I love those guys, by the way, I've hung out with them, them several times now. Um, spent a lot of time chatting with them in real life, not just on online. I've, I've hung out with them a few times and, and they're, they're just the greatest guy. They're, they're great guys as great as you can imagine. Anyway, yeah, let's move on. Let's do it. First question uh, comes from Jason Real from St. Louis, Missouri. We always like when people let us know where uh, where they're coming from, where they're listening from. He says, hey, Scott and Ryan started listening to the podcast about a week ago and binged them all. <laughs> I wonder what that really was, considering it, it might have been email. two years ago, possibly. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're a little behind. Um Jason says, I'm just curious about how much is too much when building a league. I know leagues, leagues like Kitchen Sink have everything, but if you're just doing a normal league, what is too much? Uh, he says, what I am thinking is 12-team Superflex, IDP, tight end premium, PPR contract, salary cap dynasty league. Um, so I think it's a great question uh, because I, I do feel like, and Scott, there have been so many um, – capitalist pigs copycat leagues i know you've kind of run into this a little bit but it feels like sometimes people do get in a little uh, get in over their heads a little bit and um it does you know it's not easy to commission these leagues if it was easy everybody would do it there's there's a lot of upkeep a lot of manual work um as as crazy as these leagues are mfl does not do everything unfortunately as much as we love them and and certainly if you're playing on sites other than than my fantasy league um they're probably even less friendly when it comes to contract salary cap some of devi some of the some of the unique things that are in uh in our league so i think it's a really good question and I would say what Jason has uh, has in in mind there, still a lot of the features and and in some ways even deeper than kitchen sink because we do not use uh, we do not use IDP and we're actually we don't use salary cap either. So in many ways, this would even be I think probably tougher or or, or more to manage than kitchen sink. Um, it, it it all comes down to your owner group. You know if you have 10 or 11 or 12, whatever the number is, if you have enough folks to uh, who, who are going to be able to be active and keep up with it and understand the rules, then I, I would say go for it. But if you have some new new folks or people who like to take off from January to, to June, it might not be the league for you. Right. Um, I'm actually surprised to hear you say that this might be a little more work than <laughs> kitchen sink. Cause I feel like kitchen sink has Debbie, which, which is a, well, a, I, I think, more, I, I think more work from an owner's perspective. Uh, to, oh to me, yes. Yeah. I got, I, I, got you. I play in, I play in one salary cap league. I still really have no idea what I'm doing. It's, it's a challenge for me. Um, so from an owner perspective, I think it, it might be a little more uh, intense from mm-hmm. a commission perspective. I know I've got a crazy huge Google doc going for each of the kitchen sink leagues. I'm sure you have the same thing going for capitalist pigs. Yeah. Um, so those, those are, those are tough. Uh, and I think what, 
what Jason has in mind is is equally tough, at least from an owner perspective. But but a good spot to start. Yeah. If you've got a, if you've got an experience. Yeah, I think I think this is you know this is fine. There is a point where it's so much that it's you may lose owners because they're it's too difficult of a league, or it might be tough to find owners because it's too complex of a league. Um, it, especially if you don't have a, a big reach to to get new owners, um, that that's definitely a thing out there. Uh, for this one though, the only thing is the only tough part is really the contract and salary cap. Like you, that's this very specific type of owner you're trying to grab the, the super flex, the ID, IDP, you've already knocked it down to like 10% of fantasy players right there just by having IDP. But, uh, yeah, super flex, IDP, tight end, premium, PPR, all those points are run by the site pretty easily. It's just setting it up. So as, as for a, from a commission standpoint, none of this is all that difficult to set up on, on, most of the hosting sites it's just it's just worrying about the 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 owner commitment is is i think where we'd go with that um this is a pretty normal setup it's just a salary contract league that that has a few scoring changes basically um i think i think that it's it's perfectly fine i'm sure you filled it just fine it's just uh the more complex you get i guess that statement we're going for the more complex you get the the tougher it is to keep and uh um get new owners potentially but uh on the other front maybe once maybe you know if you found that that niche player that likes this format they don't leave maybe that's the the thing with these because that's what they enjoy you know so. Yeah. Jason actually had a, a follow-up question in there as well which I I also think is interesting. He says um I, I know most seem to prefer auction, but if you as the commish are bad at auctions, would you still do it because it's the preferred way or not? This that, goes right to your thing, right? Build the league you want and find owners for it. Or, absolutely. Yeah. If, if you're already doing the work of commissioning the league, like you're, you're biting the bullet for the nine or 10 or 11 other, uh, other people in the league, it needs to be a league you enjoy. And if you don't, right. I love auctions. Scott loves auctions. If you don't love auctions, don't don't commission auction league. Um, I, I will say, if you're doing a draft uh, salary cap league, that's that's pretty difficult, right there, to to figure out. Yeah, I'm not sure what that would look like, um, actually, but I'm sure Scott could figure that out for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure someone <laughs> could figure that out. But yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. If if you're doing salary cap and contract, you almost have to do auction, but, uh, yeah. I'm sure you, I'm sure you can figure out a way to assign, you know, values to it, to players either by a ranking set out there or like trade value chart out there, or, um, just dr- the draft pick they were taken with out there or something. You could probably figure something out, but, um, that's a lot of answer to your question, my friend. Uh, I hope that helped you Jason real from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, all right. Uh, hey guys, I'm currently binging your podcasts. This is Evan from KCMO, which I'm assuming is Kansas City, Missouri. That is. Do we have two from Missouri? Missouri listeners out there. Wow. Oh man, some Chiefs fans probably, uh, possibly in both of them. I don't know. Um, my favorite is listening to all of your setting league settings ideas. I dig the crap out of your auction everything. I'm doing a startup. Da, 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 da. He's going with a dynasty. 
auction no devy, which according to Ryan means no taxi squads. That's right. Uh, <laughs> not only do I want people to stay active during the offseason with the rookie draft, but multiple waiver auctions, pre-rookie, post-rookie, etc. He wants an example of what schedule we would have. His thought is um, a free take a break from January to March. In March, there's a second chance slash dispersal auction. In April, there's um, some you know some waivers. It looks like uh, May rookie auction, and then August a free agent blind bidding auction. So basically, he's got a, a March, May, and August. He's got some auctions. I think that's actually pretty similar to Pigs, which is a February Devi, uh, May rookie, and then August and. Uh, August used to have a free agent auction that we've now canceled, but uh, that was pretty similar to that. Is that kind of similar to some of the ones you do? Yeah, it really is. It it looks very similar actually. And, and it just depends. I mean, the more, the, the more things you can factor into your league, the easier it's going to be to keep the off season busy and kitchen owner engaged, but they both work. Yes, yes. In, in kitchen sink sink leagues, we do have Devi, so that gives us one month to focus on a Devi auction. We have uh, we have contracts, which actually uh, leads to a restricted free agency and unrestricted free agency. So I think the contracts are, are really what uh, what Evan might be missing here, because not only does that lead to free agency, which gives you some some more things to do in the off season. But going back to the taxi squads, if you've got contracts, then that that changes the taxi squad definition, uh, in my opinion, because you're not just limiting it to uh, d- to devies or or to rookies if your league does it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I man, I, I I think your setup is pretty normal here. Um, I think it's going to keep people engaged, um, and I'm fine with your settings. Uh, and, and Ryan pretty much covered where I would have gone, so. Um, hope that helps Evan, uh, from Kansas city, Missouri. Now, uh, this one's from, Oh no, it's your turn. You read one, Ryan. All right. This one is from Andrew from Avon, Minnesota. You know where Avon is, Scott? Is that close to you? Yeah, I do not know where Avon, Minnesota. I've lived here all my life and I don't know. I'm going to look it up though to see how close it is. It might you, be, might be you, just down the street. You and, keep reading. I'll Andrew find says, love the pod and all of your work. I'm converting two of my leagues from waivers to fab system and have a few questions about it. All right. That's, that's a good move for starters. Uh, Evan says, what's a good dollar amount to start with for each team's budget? Uh, so we, we can start with that one before we get to his other questions. In in general, I don't think it really matters. Um, in most of my leagues, we use a thousand dollar budget, and and of course, you're seeing mm-hmm. you're seeing big bids of sometimes several hundred dollars, especially early in the season when we we see those potential breakout players. Um, but some of my other leagues just have a hundred dollar budget, so right. it just like when you're talking about an auction, it scales down and. Honestly, I don't think it really matters. Do you find depth matters? Uh, because I kind of like redraft leagues where it's like 16 to 18, man. Uh, when I do those, I kind of like the $200 budget. I don't like the $100 budget really ever, but I'm fine with people that do. I get it. Um, I prefer the $200 budget. But in my dynasties that are like 
25, 28, 32, you know, I prefer the thousand so that those dollar players are like, they're, they're, they're like bottom of the barrel anyway. I don't want to be spending 1% of my budget on them. I want to be spending a tenth of a percent, you know what I mean? So yeah. do you feel like d- the roster depth matters when considering the dollar amount? Or is that just a me thing? Could be a me. Thing. I, I don't want. I don't want to say it's just a you thing. I'm. I, I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen a big difference, regardless of the budget uh, or, or the total balance across my leagues. Honestly, so to me, it doesn't matter. Most of mine are a thousand, so that's what I would suggest. But if, if you want to go with a smaller amount, I, I don't think it would affect things too much. Yeah, I, I think a thousand is probably the the normal way to go for a, a dynasty, especially as, if you're like me with the the depth thing. But also, it's a nice divisible number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people like that. Uh, Andrew also says, should you set a maximum bid amount? Uh, I would say no to that. I think yeah, no let, way. If somebody wants to bid a thousand and go all in or or whatever the maximum is, I uh, I endorse that. So I yeah. I'd say no to that. Should the fab budget cover the entire season or should it reset for the playoffs? I don't think you give those playoff teams a break. I, I no. like I like one uh, one set amount, whether it covers the regular season and then you turn waivers off in the offseason or if you're even using that fab in the offseason like like most of my leagues are. Yeah, and, and I'm even okay if you like – have fab in season and then give a fresh new fab off season. And then, you know, start back. Oh, like I'm fine with that as well, but not for the playoffs. I, I feel like you've, I feel like the, the actual fantasy season, you should only get one fab budget. Um, he's gotten more. He's got another question. I have an add on, I think to this. All right. Last question from Evan says, should teams be allowed to trade fab dollars? I say, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Trade, yes. Tr- make everything. More everything tradable assets is good. Yeah. Everything yeah. in the league is tradable, basically. Yep. So, yes. And, and my fantasy league has a setting that allows that fab money to be traded. It, it used to not be that way. And uh, if you wanted that in your league, you had to – it was on the commission to manually adjust those budgets. But yep. now uh, now they've made it easy to trade that money around. Absolutely. I'm going to throw one, one more at you just since he's talking uh, some startup auctions. Uh, how do you, I, I kind of forget how you feel about being forced to have a full roster at the end of, end of a startup auction or not. It's a total preference call. Everyone can make their own mind. I just couldn't remember where Ryan stands on it. Yeah. I've, I've got a little bit of a cop out answer for that, honestly. So my leagues are large rosters, uh, 30, 30 players active plus taxi squad. Um, so I don't like to require a full roster, but I also don't want somebody walking out of an auction with seven players. So I typically set a set a number. I believe it's 24, 28. uh, I think it's 24 actually Uh, 24 is the number that you need to leave the startup auction with. So you've got to have 24 wins and we include, uh, we usually include Devi picks uh, in that as well, and and even rookie money. So if you are winning, if you're winning a rookie pick, that counts as a win. You just have to have 24 wins to uh, as as you leave gotcha. the auction. Gotcha. So so almost a two thirds there. Yeah. Um. Uh. The way I used to do it, especially for pigs, was you had to come out of the auction with a starting lineup, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good way to do it. 
uh, to, to try to combat what you're talking about. Uh, it really depends on the league, though. I have done leagues, my, the current Pigs leagues. Like Pigs Pigs 1, you had to come out with a starting lineup. Pigs 2, you did. Pigs 3, didn't matter. <laughs> you could win two players if you wanted. I didn't care. Uh, but I've also played full roster. It's a total preference call. I just wanted to bring it up. It, it's it's a thing. So Did you see any – doing them different ways, did you see any significant difference between between the two? No, not really. The, in when I required a starting lineup, where there were a f- couple people that just went after the starting lineup. When you said when I in picks three, when I said you didn't have to, there were people that came out of the, the original auction with five players. Um, there, there's going to be one or two that are going to test that, and the rest will, uh, you know, be somewhere in the middle or just get full rosters. It's just, it just widens the 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 I guess. The, the variety of what people do in strategy wise, I guess. Um, th- thank you, Andrew, for the email. Uh, whew, we have three more on here. I don't think we're going to get to all three more. Maybe one more, Ryan. We're, we're long winded today. Yeah, we are. Um, hi guys. Our league used blind bidding fab for acquiring free agents during the season. Uh, as is typical with this system, only the winning bid gets displayed in the league activity transaction log. However, one of the owners asked if we can make the fab activity log open for all to see. And I know like th- this is common on other sites like sleeper. This is, this is the normal setting. MFL has it. So you can either do this or not. I'm not reading the email. I'm just stating this for the listener um this is a thing where you can display all of the bids or keep them hidden and only show the winning bid um i think i don't need to read most of this email because he is basically asking our thoughts on it he says he understands the point of view of this owner wanting to be able to see him uh, it can create trade activity. You know, you see someone else bid heavily on him and you want him. You're like, there's a trade partner because this guy also wanted him. I can, I can see that side. Uh, the, he's throwing cons out that, uh, um, I don't see. He's mentioning the player he would have dropped being shown. And I don't know that a site does that. Yeah, MFL does that, I believe. MFL does that. Okay, yeah. so so he the this guy's saying the con is he doesn't want other teams to know the player he was gonna drop because it obviously makes them less valuable. Um, so I guess that is a con. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly see that perspective, but, um, but to me, that's another that's another area that opens up trade talks. So if I look at that waiver report and I see that you were going to drop. Um, if you were going to drop Alden Tate and maybe he's borderline and I, I really like him, maybe I, maybe I'll offer you a fourth round pick for him. Uh, or, or maybe I, we flip prospects and, and I get Alden Tate and you get, you know, you get someone else that you like better. So to me, that just opens up, uh, even more trade talk. I also like, uh, I just like being able to see and, and kind of track almost, I don't, I, I don't do this intentionally every time, but I like being able to to follow up and see how uh, other owners in the league are bidding. Are they bidding aggressively at every time or, or are they trying to uh, spread their money around and maybe get a lot of cheaper guys? And using that can help you going forward when you're trying to decide on what type of bid for a certain player. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I can honestly see this both ways. I, I will say most of my leagues, you cannot see the other bids. Um, but I I get I get all the arguments. It, it I think it's a complete preference call. Um, I think my preference has generally been in the past just to not let it show. Um, it, almost like poker style, like where where you like you just th- put your hand down, you, you don't flip it, so the other people can see what you have. You know, uh, and, but you're, but I think you're right. And I think, you know, this, the first guy of this is right that it, it will create trade activity if, if it is shown. And, and even, even people not, people knowing the player that you might have dropped, uh, the fact that you still have them and didn't drop them, it might create an area where that guy, another guy's like, Hey, I'll give you a fourth rounder for this guy that you were just going to drop because I want him, you know? So, right. Yeah. I, it, you know, the more I listen to you, and the more I think about it, I think maybe I should start opening up those those the, that setting. I do think it's a lot. It's it's a setting that a lot of people may not even know about. Um, or, or if you're listening to this, you might not know if if your league shows that or not. Um, so it's it's definitely worth checking out and mm-hmm. um, kind of kind of seeing how your league does it. I guess I, I'm looking now just to be able to say exactly how to find it. Um, it is under, in my fantasy league, it's under reports franchise and it's called previously processed waivers. Yeah. So from that, you can see the waivers that were actually, um, actually processed as well as the ones that, uh, the claims that were submitted and not, uh, not successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, your commissioner can turn it off or on whether you can see all of the, everything or just the winning bids. Uh, I think that that was from Jim from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I, I should really get in the habit of mentioning at the top and bottom of the email who it's from. <laughs> uh, thank you for the email, Jim from Boston, Massachusetts. I think that is all for today. I know these are super evergreen, but I'm going to mention uh, Ryan and I commission these leagues for safe leagues, uh, safe leagues, fantasy.com. Um, we have, we acquired another commissioner service last year. So we call those throwback leagues now because they have kickers and defenses still. And, and there are people that like those out there. I'm, I'm not a fan, but uh, I still commission them and there are a lot of people that like them. So, but uh, safe leagues doesn't have those. There's tons of orphans of lots of different styles. Uh, Devi, Superflex, IDP, Baseball, Empire, etc. And we're going to have new leagues as well. Um, so depending on when you're listening to this, you could probably jump in a new league or look for a team that might be open, whatever. Just going to throw a plug out there for that. Um, anything you have to plug, Ryan, on this evergreen podcast we do? <laughs> uh, I would just send everybody over to Dynasty League Football. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of great things going this offseason. Uh, and it feels like we have something new over there every day and, and this time it's going to be a new episode of Commission Impossible. That's going to be very, very awesome. All right. Thanks uh, to everybody for listening. That's another episode of Commission Impossible. Make sure to give us a five-star review on whatever device or platform or whatever you listen to podcasts on. And, and tell your friends, tell your league mates, tell your commissioners about our show. Uh, Ryan and I found that we have this hour, hour and a half gap in both of our days uh, that we might be able to actually do some more shows. And once we realize that we're like, all right, let's get, we 
did one within a day or two of finding out that we have this gap here. So um, there'll, there'll be more shows coming coming on a more regular basis. I feel like we've said that before, though. So <laughs> follow me they'll, on they'll Twitter. Be- yep. They'll believe it when they hear it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, f- we did have a guy. I, I posted a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> with the Commission Impossible 32 headline on it. And, and someone said, you know, most of the people that are subscribed to this, you know, they they don't unsubscribe. They're just they're just happy when they get a new episode. I hope that's true. I hope people are not unsubscribing. But uh tell tell people you know that it's a good, awesome podcast to listen to. Follow me on Twitter at Scottfish24. Follow Ryan on Twitter at RyanMC23. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. All right. So that was that was a thing we just did. That was good. And this broadcast.